Morning, everybody. Uh, time is 7 a.m., uh, Sunday, November 18th. Uh, welcome to episode number 18 on the 18th. Um, left off uh, left off yesterday, basically entering into that security company. I called it uh, ABC Security and um, getting promoted relatively quickly and, uh, you know, becoming the operations manager at 20 years old. Um, not sure if I talked about this in a previous podcast, but I'm going to tell this story again. Uh, and if I did, just bear with me for the next few minutes, because uh, it's a pretty interesting story how things kind of work out. So I mentioned to you guys that there was an operations manager, Emil, and then there was my loss prevention manager, Aaron. Well, Emil and Aaron, uh, Emil and, and the owner of the company had uh, you know, got into an argument. Emil walked out. Aaron got promoted, yada, yada. Eventually, Aaron walked out, and then I got promoted. Okay. So the owner of the company and I are sitting there kind of just BSing one Friday afternoon and we're just talking and, you know, occasionally we would both put our feet up on, uh, on our, on each of our desk and, you know, just kind of talk about things and, you know, uh, what happened and stuff we've been through in a way bonding, you know, that was one thing that, you know, we were both pretty good at. We had, we had a good bond for a while there, the owner of the company and I, um, especially in the beginning. And, uh, I asked him, I said, so why did Emil leave? You know, he was there for seven years and, you know, what, what, why did he leave? Like, not like, you know, what happened over time, but what was the straw that broke the camel's back? And, uh, and the owner of the company had told me that, uh, there were, there was a loss prevention officer that, um, that was unplugging, uh, cameras and plugging them back in at a, at a Mount Prospect store, um, Mount Prospect, Illinois, uh, client, uh, store location. And, uh, when, uh, when approached by it or when confronted about it, Emil did not know where Aaron was. He didn't know if he was in school or not. And apparently Emil did not have Aaron's um, school schedule. One thing led to another. And Emil ended up walking out because uh, the owner of the company basically told him he's an idiot for not knowing his own, ma- you know, one of his manager's, um, you know, whereabouts and not knowing when he goes to school. And it's funny how things transpired because I eventually told the owner in that conversation and I asked him, did you, do you know who, uh, what, what loss prevention officer was unplugging cameras from one monitor to another? He said, no, I never found out. And I told him it was me. And that's the truth. So it's funny how me doing something as innocent as I was doing, I was just switching the cables around to make it easier um, so that all the moving cameras were on one monitor and all the still cameras, non-moving cameras were on another one, on another monitor. And so I was just making it easier for myself to do my job better. And I had no negative intentions or anything like that. So it's funny how me doing that led to Emil walking out, led to Aaron getting promoted and then walking out, led to me getting promoted. And then after Aaron walking out, getting promoted again, all because I was unplugging cameras at um, at this store. And Emil didn't know where Aaron was. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So we eventually, you know, it, it's funny how things kind of happen like that. You know, I feel like a lot of our lives are planned out and, you know, we don't realize um, and we just don't realize that uh, things kind of fall into place a certain way. So I'm going to get into uh, a little bit about what I used to do as an operations manager at the age of 20 years old, 21, and especially walking out at 22. Um, I interviewed a lot of candidates, a lot of candidates for different positions, whether they be manager positions, whether they be um, security guard positions, loss prevention, didn't matter. I interviewed a lot of people. Uh, I wrote up a lot of people. I fired a lot of people. I trained a lot of people at their at their jobs. Um, met with clients, you know, whether they be happy, whether they be sad. Um, I did the billing for all the invoicing that you know was supposed to be sent out to the clients. Uh, I did the um, I did the uh, the payroll for all of the employees. I did the scheduling for all of the employees. 
Um, I also, I had at, at different times, I had an assistant and I was directing the assistant on what to do and what tasks to uh, cover. I also did the, um, I also did the, uh, the, the well, the, the entire billing included uh, the payments that were coming in from the clients. Uh, so accounts receivable and accounts payable. I, I ran both of those departments. I mean, I literally did just about everything you could do um, in a manager position and for a business. I mean, I got a lot of good experience under my belt uh, from doing all of that for, for that long um, and being good at it, too. And uh, I had mentioned um, I had mentioned in a couple different podcasts uh, that I was, um, you know, I, we specialized in event security for sure. And I got a lot of experience doing that. So all in all, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy about the experience that I got uh, for uh, for resume purposes and for my own purposes. Uh, but when you guys get to the get to the ending of this uh, ABC security company, um, I'd like for you to question, ask yourself a question and ask yourself, you know, if this, if this all happened to you, the way it transpired and the way it worked out um, for me, was it worth it? Was it worth it going through everything that you did and uh, getting to where I'm at today? And uh, I shouldn't even say today, but even just like a few months after. So it, it, it's just it, a lot of times that runs through my head being on the road. You know, I mean, a lot of times I'm on my road on the road and I uh, open road and a lot of stuff is just on my mind running through and a lot of things that I've been through, a lot of things that I've done as you guys are paying attention to. And I just kind of ask myself, you know, you know, why, why did, why did a lot of that stuff happen and how did it happen? It's just, it's a lot to think about. It's just, it's pretty interesting. Um, so we were, uh, you know, when I was with this company, I mean, I was busting my ass, you know, and the owner, he, he was arrogant many, many times, believe me. I mean, he would he would say stuff like, well, you know, is this workload going to be too much for you? Do we need to hire a second guy? Do we need to get a manager? But he would ask it with like a tone in, the, in his voice to make it sound like if I say yes, let's hire somebody else. That makes me sound like less of a man because I can't handle the workload. So now now you got ego versus ego kind of getting into it. And that's where, yeah, that's no good for business. No good. So, um Eventually, uh, and this owner, he had a lot of connections. He was a cop for 20 years um, or something like that, 20, 25 years, something like that. He owned a business for almost 20 years at that time. You know, he, he, he had a name for himself. You know, people knew who he was. And um, that's, how he, that's how he got a lot of his clients, and that's how he got a lot of um, connections for, uh, for special events. One special event that he was trying to place a bid on was the uh, 2016 NFL Draft. They were in Chicagoland. And I don't know, guys, I, I, looking back at it now, I, I, if it didn't happen, if we didn't get the contract, I don't know if I would still be with that company um, because a lot of things happened because of that contract. Now, mind you, I busted my ass for this guy. I mean, I would work weekends. I'd work nights. I used to take my, my work home with me and work from the home computer. I, had a, I bought a, about a $1,000 computer just to be able to connect from my home to the, um, to the office computer. Um, you know, I'd be able to do the billing and the payroll and the scheduling all from my home computer, sitting on my underwear after hours, after being in the office nine to five. Um, I mean, I remember times where I was running in the office alone. I was alone in the office and uh, I, I had the flu. I remember one time specifically, I had the flu. I, had the, I was sick as a dog, weak as hell, cold. And I even called my grandma to come over with a thermometer just to make sure I didn't have like a freaking 103, 104 fever because I felt like I was dying and she brought the thermometer sure enough it's like 100 or 101 so I mean I even had a fever going on it was it was horrible yeah that was rough so I mean I busted my ass for this guy to make sure that things got done correctly and smoothly as smooth as possible 
And, um, I mean, I remember times getting calls from clients. I remember one specific time. We had, we had a client called Weber Grill. I'm sure you guys have heard of the restaurant. Um, well, we ran their, uh, we ran a few of their factories where they, where they made the grills. And um, we did a lot of security for them. And, I mean, there was a time they called me on a Friday morning saying they need, like, seven full-time security officers by Monday. And they said, you know, we cannot take no for an answer. And any other company would have said, hell no, it's not going to happen. But me, I wanted to make sure that it happened. I mean, I busted my ass that entire weekend. I pumped out like 50 interviews. I hired as many people as I possibly could. They needed seven. I hired like 11 just in case people didn't show up. And sure enough, I hired the right amount because seven ended up showing up. So, I mean, it worked out. Um, I mean, that, those were the kind of things that I did in order to make sure things went smoothly. A lot of operations managers, they wouldn't do that. I mean, I would go out to the bars after I turned 21. I'd be two, three, four in the morning drunk as a skunk, and then i get a phone call from work. And i got to try to act as sober as humanly possible and sound like I know what I'm talking about in order to conduct business over the phone at that time. And you could ask my friends. You can even ask my uncle. He'd be out with me, and I'd get a phone call like that. And they can all confirm that I was able to flip the switch from 100 down to zero and be calm and cool on the phone while trying to conduct business. I mean, I don't know how I was able to do it, but um, I, that was one that was one thing I was pretty good at. So anyway, get the contract for the NFL draft. We were bidding on it. We eventually get it. Uh, two different security companies along with us, so three total, were running the event. One being Monterey Security. Now, Monterey Security has got thousands of employees, and they run pretty much the entire Rosemont district um, for security. The other company, I honestly don't remember the name of the company. It, it was a smaller company, but not smaller than us. It was like 250, 300 employees. Um, but I don't, I don't remember the name of them, but some south side of Chicago company, probably another political connection in there. And then us, we got the contract. And it was my job for about three months to interview and hire all of these guys for the security and uh, we, I don't know, we needed like 20 or 25 guys per night, per shift, I should say, actually. It was 24-7 times uh, about 20 to 25 guys per shift. And uh, we had about like three or four months to, we had about three or four months to try to uh, hire all these guys. And the problem is, is that if you hire somebody four months before a shift comes, I mean, it's hard to keep them committed to that shift. And we were offering like 15 bucks an hour for guards and like, 23 24 an hour for off-duty retired cops i forget what our bill rate was but that's how much we were paying our guards i mean it was a pretty decent amount of money but the thing is when you have an event like that that's several several months two or three months away and you put these guys in a schedule who's to say they they're going to commit to that schedule three four months down the road it doesn't make any sense i mean you know at least that was my mindset he didn't believe in that but he, he wasn't the one doing the scheduling it was me and that's the way I looked at it. And um, even so, I mean, I waited until the last month. And in the last month is when I started to interview and hire everybody. And I had most of the schedule filled up, but there were a lot of open spots still. But, I mean, you know, that kind of stuff happens. When you're a small company of 100 or less employees, and all of a sudden you need 25 or 20 to 25 guards per shift 24-7 for like five days or something like that or six days, where are you going to pull these guards from? Out of your ass? I mean, it, it's hard to hire guys, and then it's going to be hard to maintain them because people that were looking for jobs, they did not want to get hired for a temporary job. And they knew that we were a small company. So, I mean, if they got offered this job, they would be like, well, what am I going to do after this event is over with? Are you guys going to have work for me? And me being an honest guy, most of the time I said no. But when we had to start scrambling, unfortunately, I had to lie and say, yeah, we're going to have work for you. Don't worry about it. You know, sometimes business is business. You just got to do what you got to do in order to, you know, order to make things happen. 
So uh, the owner and I are completely stressed out over this whole thing. And again, I mentioned I did work from home. And there was one particular night I had to take the uh, billing home with me. And this is where things uh, made a change. Um, took the billing home. I submitted the billing. And I threw my phone at the couch just because I didn't want anything to do with the phone. And I start typing up a resignation letter because I'm pissed. I don't want to work for this guy anymore. He's running me like a dog. Um, I'm working my ass off. And, you know, I it's just it's time for me to move on, I think. And I'm, I'm putting up like the first draft of the resignation letter. And then I get a I get back to the couch and I look at my phone. I have like nine missed calls, a bunch of voicemails, a bunch of text messages, all from the owner. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I text him back. This is like an hour or two later. I text him back like, hey, do you still want me to call you? He said, yes, call me right now. I call him. He says, James. I said, yeah. He says, what's going on? I'm like, uh, nothing. What's going on with you? He says, what's up with the billing? I'm like, I submitted it to you like an hour or two ago, however long it was. He says, it's it's wrong. It's completely wrong. There's something, there's something horribly wrong. I'm like, what's horribly wrong? What? And he said, it's off by about $15,000. And I said, no way, that's not possible. I said, I've been doing the billing the same exact way for two years. There's no way it's off by $15,000. And him and I are going back and forth on this whole argument until he made the statement of, well, it's definitely off by $15,000. So you're either screwing up my billing for two years or you're stealing from my company. And when he said that, I went off on him. I mean, I snapped. And, I, I, and you guys can understand. I mean, I was busting my ass for this guy for that long working from home, you know, I mean, I was so stressed out from working this job, I ended up in the hospital twice because I thought I was having many heart attacks. And I ended up uh, uh, building a disorder called GERD, G-E-R-D, which I'm happy to say I no longer have. But if you guys take the time to look up GERD, uh, you'd be surprised how quickly it can come into your system and how and how much work it takes to get it out of your system. It's not easy. And I had GERD for about two and a half, three years until finally – I was able to change up my lifestyle and change up my ways. And then, you know, I haven't had any problems since. And even to this day, uh, you know, thankfully, I've, I'm good now. But, I mean, I mean, that happened a lot, guys. So him accusing me of this in the middle of everything going on, I went back to the computer. I kept typing up my resignation letter, and I tried to perfect it. So him and I are, uh, him and I are on the phone going back and forth. And I said, look, it's not off by $15,000. Let me look at the things and let me try to figure out where you are confused. That's exactly what I said to him. And I said, I'll call you back in a couple minutes. And I hung up the phone. I then realized I, I, I settled myself down for just a moment to try to figure out how can he be so wrong about $15,000. I mean, that's a lot of money for a small business. For a lot of businesses, actually, $15,000. So the way I did billing was it was uh, we had clients that got billed every week and then you had clients that got billed every two weeks bi-weekly. The clients that got billed every week was about $15,000 on average. The clients that got billed every two weeks was about $30,000 on average. So any, you know, so every other week you were billing out about $45,000. So one week you'd bill out 15,000, the other week you'd bill out about 45,000. That's just that's just the way that it happened to work out. So I'm honking my air horn because this truck is like driving me off the road right now. So, um, so it's about fifteen thousand uh, dollars that I that I noticed there, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, maybe he thinks the weekly billing should be thirty thousand and not fifteen thousand. Maybe he thinks it's supposed to be like sixty thousand dollars worth of billing. 
And I, that was the that was the only solution I could come up with. So I told him that I called him back and I told him I said, look, I think you're wrong about this. I think that you I know you're wrong about this, but I said I think that you're assuming that the weekly billing should be thirty thousand when it should be fifteen thousand. And he's like, oh, you know, maybe that's the case, but you know, we're gonna have to get the accountant in the office first thing tomorrow morning to figure this out. I'm like, do whatever you got to do. I'm going to bed. I hung up the phone. Gets the accountant in the office. He looks at the numbers and the accountant says, yep, James is 100% correct. The billing is uh, is 100% correct. There's nothing short. So I don't know what you were looking at. He's talking to the owner. He says, I don't know what you were looking at to make you think it was short $15,000, but it's good to me. And the owner says, okay, good. Well, that's a relief. Well, hey, asshole, where's my apology? And, that, and that's where things kind of went wrong for me. Um... If he would have apologized, things might be a lot different. The thing is, guys, it's okay. And, and I want to talk to you a little bit about um, about work ethic and about uh, strategy when it comes to basically running a business or, or being an important part of somebody's business. Um, for the most part, you're going to be a bitch. You know, and it's never okay to be called that. But in, in short terms, you're basically going to be somebody's bitch. You're going to have to bend over backwards every once in a while for them. Um and it is what it is. And I had to do that. I did that for a long time. Um, but you have to understand that it's only okay to be in that position if it looks good on your resume long term. And is this helping you um, grow for yourself? So, I mean, for example, this business right here, I gained so much experience. I feel at least at one point, I felt like I could walk into any business or any industry and make a difference at the age of 22, which is huge. And you know, all the interviews that I've conducted, all the people that I've met with, I mean, all the hands that I've shaken, all the all the tears that people have brought down because I've had to fire them. I mean, all the shit that I've done, I got a lot of a lot, got a lot of good experience. So I felt my time was up at that point. I felt like if I leave, I could find another position, no problem. You know, even though I didn't have a college degree, even though I was only 22 years old, you know, even though I didn't own a suit and tie to wear to an interview. So, I mean, you know, but that kind of stuff, it didn't matter to me at that time. So, I mean, like I said, it's okay for you guys to be in that kind of position where you got to bust your ass. You got to be somebody's bitch and you got to build a resume because at some point you're eventually going to have enough. And when that point comes, you're going to look good enough to go in to do anything you pretty much want to do. You know, as long as you can financially afford to, you know, do whatever you want to do. So, I mean, for example, if you're going from driving a truck, making $80,000 a year, to go into teaching math to students making $40,000 a year as long as you could financially afford that. That's the example that I'm talking about. So, I mean, but, you know, if so if you're going from some kind of manager job to another company, just make sure that you've got enough experience under your belt and enough knowledge under your belt to where you can walk in and make a difference in a positive way. You know, you don't want to walk in somewhere, be completely lost because then, you know, they're, they're going to regret hiring you. You're going to regret going forward. And then if you get let go from there, you're going to lose your confidence and you're not going to want a job in that position again. So long story short, but too late for that. Um, just focus on just focus on building yourself when it comes to uh, business management, if, if that's something that you're trying to do. And I felt I got that much out of two years of being there. So after him and I had that conversation, he never apologized. You know, I went back and I kept typing up that resignation letter and I wanted to make sure that it was 100 percent. And the way I did my documents, I mean, it probably took me a total of five or six hours to write up that resignation letter. So it was 100 percent perfect. There was no leaks in there. Um, you know, I made it very clear that I was quitting. I made it very clear that he owes me for two different things. I think it was for one week's vacation he owed me for. 
and he owed me for something else. I think it was an expense receipt or something like that. He was going to owe me. And I said, if you refuse to give me those things, uh, if, if, you, if you refuse to pay me for any of those things, I quit effective immediately. If you if we agree that you're going to pay me, then I will give you the full two weeks, that I will work my ass off for you for two weeks. And that's exactly what I said. So come Friday morning, I call all of my managers and I told them, be at the office you know, as soon as possible. I called them real early, like 7 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. They all got there. They're all sitting in the parking lot as I'm rolling up. The owner of the company is not there yet. Going on about 8, 8, 15 in the morning, we're all sitting there talking. And I told them, all right, guys, just so you know, uh, I'm quitting. And uh, I don't know if this is going to be my last day or if it's going to be in two weeks. I'm waiting for the owner to get back to me on my resignation letter. And the look on everybody's faces was like, well, what the hell are we about to do? What's about to happen to the company? You know, they didn't know what was going on. Everybody was just kind of freaking out. The owner called me. Says, hey, James, what's going on? You got anything planned for today? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not really sure yet. Uh, you know, it all kind of depends on how things uh, kind of go forward. As if, like, what the hell are you, you know, why are you, why are you cool? You know, why are you calm is what I'm thinking, you know. And he said, all right, well, I'll probably be at the office about, you know, maybe noon or something like that today. Should be an easier day today, I'm hoping. And that's what he said. I'm like, did you get my email? And he said, no, I didn't get any email from you. I'm like, hang up the phone and check your email. Re refresh it or check the spam, you know, and then, and then get back to me. He said, all right. Hangs up the phone, calls me back a few minutes later. He says, dude, I didn't get an email. What, what's going on? So the thing is with this guy... He, he had a way of, um, I mean, he was a retired cop and he was an investigative officer. I didn't like the way that he would talk to me sometimes, especially when he would try to investigate. He would try to, he would try to dig deep and I didn't like that. I don't like people trying to investigate what's going on. I'll be straightforward with you, but if you're trying to dig deeper than what I actually want to tell you, I'm either just going to keep quiet or we're going to get into a, or we're going to get into an argument of some sort. So, I mean, it, it, and that's kind of how I felt dealing with this guy. So got to the point where I had to tell him over the phone, well, look, man, I'm quitting and you need to read that letter because there's a lot of important stuff in that letter. And he's kind of like struck on the phone and, you know, we, I step outside that way the, the managers in the office didn't hear what was going on. And this owner and I are having a long conversation back and forth with each other. I basically told him everything is all because of that $15,000 accusation of theft. And he told me, you know, he's a, he was a, he's a cop. He used to be a cop, so I mean, he has that instinct to basically assume that somebody's stealing from him. I'm like, you don't work for so you you don't accuse somebody that's worked for you for two years and bust their ass for two years of stealing unless you could prove it. You shouldn't have even brought that up, and that's what I told him. And I said, and the fact that you brought it up is one thing. The fact that you did not apologize for bringing that up is a totally another thing. And I feel like I'm not appreciated for my work anymore, and I'm gonna go do something where I am appreciated. And we got into this long argument, <clears throat> and I told him I'm not I'm not changing my mind. And he told me, okay, run a job ad uh, to basically hire somebody to replace me. And I did that. So I ran this job ad on uh, Indeed or Craigslist or maybe both or wherever the hell I ran the job ad. And then uh, all the resumes started going directly to his email. And that's where I'm going to leave this off at, guys. So I'm leaving it right there uh, because the next, uh, the next segment is going to be about 25, 30 minutes long. Um, and that's where things get pretty interesting. Um, so I want to just leave it right there. Thank you guys so much for your time, and uh, we'll catch you. Uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your day.